Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WBZ, you are Jay talking live midnight to five. So some time ago, we had a gentleman named Tom Tam in. Tom Tam is, I think, the inventor of uh, a thing called Tongren. It's a a system of healing, and it can be done from a distance. And a lot of you know about Tom Tam. Uh, Dan Ray knows Tom. Tom's been on Dan Ray's show at least once, probably twice or more. And Tom came on my show, this show, Jay Talking, as well. And it's, you know, I like to understand things at, a, at a, a, the most basic level I can. So I got as much understanding as I could uh, on the subject from Tom. But I wanted more understanding. So my great uh, Karen, great booker, producer, scoured around and found Joe, Joe Lucier, who is a student of Tom Tam, but, you know, not, not just an underling. He's, he's his own guy with his own thing, and he's come in. Come, come right up to that microphone there, nice and close. Joe, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Now, you... Tell me a little bit about you in the larger sense. You you, um, you came to meet Tom Tam some 20 years ago, but before that, you tell me the whole thing. I was actually grown and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. I went to school in Boston. I went to school in Boston College, eventually ended up with a degree in Chinese studies, always interested in Asian studies, and thought the best thing to do to learn more about Asian languages and cultures would be to live there. So I lived in Asia for about 15 years. Why the fascination, right, early in your life with Asia, and particularly China? The culture of Taoism and Buddhism and Chinese history, Chinese art, Chinese language in particular. I was a Chinese translator. Um, just very interesting, I, especially with from the perspective of languages. In college, I was a, at one time a Latin major, a French major, and then just focused on Chinese as uh, my final major at Boston College. And you were, you were an engineer and a scientist. So after that, I was also interested in learning more about computers and engineering. This was quite a while ago. So I began that interest overseas, and then I came back. When I came back to the United States, I continued uh, formal studies of engineering with Clark University, Boston University, and uh, a few others, and UMass. It's important to realize that you are a scientist and you come from a science place. Yes. That's important to our discussion. I, sound, I feel like a lawyer. Now, you met Tom Tam. How did that happen? Well, from the time that I was overseas, even before and a little bit after, I was studying Tai Chi Tran, Tai Chi. And so I had studied with different teachers of Tai Chi. My original meeting with Tom was through one of his other students to practice Tai Chi, to practice the martial art of, of healing, the martial art of exercise of Tai Chi Tran. So I had practiced with other people in the Boston area when I returned, uh, Yang Jinming and some others. And then eventually I met Tom Tam in Quincy, where I live, and I was studying martial arts. I was studying Tai Chi Tran there. And I noticed that they were doing the Tongren. This is when Tongren just about began, over 20 years ago, um, 20 to 25 years ago. And then I was very interested in it. I was very curious, as anybody would be, that they're 
standing in a room at a distance, healing people, but also there were other people, massage therapists and acupuncturists, doing other kinds of work. So I, I became very interested in the healing arts. When you begin with martial arts, you understand the body and energy and different things like that. Martial arts is, and this is important, the projection of energy. Martial arts is the movement of energy in your body for either fighting, ex fighting purposes or for healing purposes. So those two different areas for martial arts, like Tai Chi or let's think of Kung Fu, Kung Fu, which is actually a fighting art. But again, the training and the cultivation of that art is where you're actually moving energy through the body to basically increase the energy of your body for the either a martial aspect or a healing aspect. All right, now we get to Tongren. What, what is it? I'm walking you through this in a very uh, straightforward way. What is it? In, in your terms, you have to explain it over and over and have for 20 years, so you're probably pretty good at it. What is Tongren? Tongren is an extension of healing. So moving energy to a certain part of the body to open a blockage. So in, our, in, our, in the initial phase, you use our hands for massage. We use needles for the body. But Tongren specifically is to do healing from a distance where you actually are sending energy to a person from a distance to open a blockage. So a practitioner can heal with their hands directly, moving energy. They can heal with the needles, which is a you know same side sort of thing. And you can go beyond that and project it through space. In a way, it's projecting it through space through our intention. Our conscious mind can actually focus in a very specific way. And our energy source is basically something that is common to all humans, which, according to Carl Jung, is called the collective unconscious. Can you elaborate on the collective unconscious a little more? If you think of the collective unconscious as, imagine 10,000 people go to a football game and they think about a football team. Those 10,000 people have a consciousness, a thought, a common thought of energy. So the more that people think about that, say that football team or say that religious icon or something like that, it, it gathers energy, which is actually basically true. So if you think of Tongren as one type of a bunch of people focusing their conscious mind to increase this energy field, which is also known as a morphic field. So like when you have home team advantage, you know, there's the energy yeah. type of thing. Okay. But I feel mean, free to... I do not know if home field <laughs> advantage is due to the, and well, you know, just the, the noise, but it or how much it has to do with the players seeing their fans in the stands, and how much it has to do with the projection of energy. But you know, I'm not going to deny it. it. Could be. But the bottom line of it is that if a lot of people are focused their energy on basically the same thing, it will actually start to generate energy, and it will almost, in a way, deliver energy. But if you imagine there are there's Tongren energy or say Christian energy or Jewish energy or Buddhist energy or say a Christian cross for example millions and billions of people have, have looked at that cross millions millions of people have had that thought or that consciousness about Christianity in their mind so they've all in a way contributed to the consciousness or the collective unconscious or a basic pool of energy out there and okay. that has been shown to be you know, I kind of like the sports analogy. The Gillette Stadium, 
60,000 people focusing their energy on their team, home field advantage. I like the the way that uh, feels because when you get into the sessions of Tong Ren, it kind of is like that. And let me explain that to you. In a lot of ways, the if you if you do the from start to finish, from the practitioner to the patient, from the practitioner to say the collective unconscious, the energy source, and then the the mindset or the mind thoughts of the practitioner has very specific points, the points that you were mentioning. And then through the conscious mind, you can actually think of that and then basically transmit to the, to the, to the patient. In terms of the doll and the hammer, you can do it without the doll and the hammer. They're actually not part of the process. They are a tool. And they have two, two things that, that actually helps them to do Focus on a spot, for one thing. They are a cheat sheet, basically. They have all of our proprietary points. And the other thing that I've learned from experience, it also is a way to focus the mind, to keep focus. The tapping itself is like a, almost like a Native American drumming type thing where you're actually focusing things. It's only a tool for the practitioner because originally it started, it, it had no dolls and hammers. And as the story goes, originally there was a patient of Tom Tam who was hypersensitive to touch. So he drew out the person on a piece of paper and basically focused his mind on that piece of paper and projected. Okay. That was kind of the origin of Tong, Tong Ren. So this energy gets sent to the particular spot in the patient that is blocked. Yes. And how does this energy unblock it? Basically, just like anything in the body, if you have a, enough energy, the body has the intelligence to heal itself. It just needs the resources. A blockage means a lack of energy, a lack of resources to a target area. Blood? Uh, actually, blood, bioelectricity, or nerve energy. Qi, which is basically uh, energy in the meridians of Chinese medicine. This is not specifically Chinese medicine. This is focused on the central nervous system. That is the energy pathway that we primarily focus on for the blockages. So the blockage can be blood, can be the lymph system, but it's primarily focused, which is one of the reasons the healing system is so effective. It focuses on the central nervous system, which is qi, or bioelectricity, the neural impulses of electrons moving through our nerves. All right. Uh, I noticed that Tom had some of the patients with have these devices made out of household goods, usually metal, probably to attract. It seems like they would be to attract energy, like a, like a, a dish attracts TV signals. Same kind of thing? For uh, example, a colander. You've seen the colanders that he uses? I've seen many of these... Um, things that he's invented, which are very interesting and very useful. What they do is they focus different areas. The goal, the core goal of the healing system is to open a blockage. And the way to do that is to bring energy to a spot. And then when you have that energy, the body has the intelligence. All of us know that I'm a, I'm a facilitator, not a healer. My goal is to give the body the resources for it to heal. Some energy. Give it some okay. energy and it will do the work. So what do the devices do? They are different methods to focus energy in a different way, using certain elements of the earth or certain frequencies and different things like that. So a lot of them are just ways to bring another way to focus energy. Specifically to, to bring to attention an, to? To bring attention to an area. Okay. And b both for the people sending the energy and the patient? Yeah, it's another tool. This is, these are, some of these are actually direct tools. The doll is just a, uh, the doll is just a prop, basically. Okay. Some of these tools are actually direct tools where they actually can bring energy. But again, a lot of it is the relationship of the practitioner 
and the tool itself. So, so you've written the book that lays all this out. Is that correct? Yeah, I wrote a book, uh, the Tam Healing System, and it's got a lot of it's illustrated, which is a, a big thing, big big difference. So my goal with the book is, I began with Tom Tam over twenty years ago. My goal was to understand it more deeply, but to also be able to explain it. So understanding that the healing system of the Tam Healing System is a hybrid system between Western anatomy and physiology and energy medicine, similar to acupuncture, because our, our points are different. Acupuncture, uh, Chinese medicine points are focused on meridians, which are bioelectrical circuitry of the body through the fascia, as opposed to the nerves, which is another system of bioelectricity through the actual nervous system. And that's when it evolved. The system evolved because focusing on those points gave a higher success rate. If somebody wanted to get the book, where, how would they get such a thing? This is a big old beautiful thing. Uh, they contact you somehow. They, yeah, they're all available on my website, anusarawellness.com. How do you spell that? That's a good one. Uh, A-N-U-S-A-R-A wellness.com. Anusar? Anusara. Anusara. Yes. Spell it again for the folks. A-N-U-S-A-R-A wellness.com. Okay. And that's basically your entity, your, not company, well, you call it a company, your It's basically the evolution. Website. Of, it's the evolution of all the healing things that I've learned, including the TAM healing system, including plant-based nutrition, including cleansing and detoxing and all those different things. So how well does it work? How, you know, what, are the, what is your success rate? The success rate is for sure higher than the traditional chemo and radiation techniques. Every, every patient is different. So to say, what is our success rate? Our success rate is quite good. We have a very good success rate. We've even had pancreatic cancer patients do well. Because if you think of the, the core philosophy, which is the core philosophy even for healing cancer with uh, plant-based nutrition and different things, if you allow the body the enough energy, and in the case of cancer, which is the, the cause of cancer is hypoxia, in the case of cancer, if you can reverse that specific target, you can actually have very good, good success rate. So we've had good, good success Hypoxia rate. means not getting the oxygen to the, to the area? Yeah, I apologize for not That's being clear. Right. That's all right. So basically in the body, our number one core requirement for survival is oxygen. And on an internal basis, as been proven by Nobel Prize winners such as Otto Warburg, cancer is a lack of oxygen. And then the cancer cells morph into something else. So when you reverse that situation and create an, a cancer-unfriendly cancer environment, such as a, an oxygenated environment, when you open a blockage to the area, the bioelectricity going to an organ will also be able to manage this oxygen deficiency. If I remember correctly from last night's guest, uh, cancer can't live without food, and that's why sugar is a and oh, something gen genesis a angiogenetic thing. It, it, it gives food to cancer because it creates a blood supply for cancer. And you take away sugar, and this is related because you're a plant-based nutrition guy, take away the sugar, kind of starves the blood supply for a tumor. And you've written a book on it, The Nature of Cancer. It is a survival tool for healing. The reason Joe is here to talk about the Tong Ren healing system and help us understand it. Tom Tam was in, founder of that. And uh, I want further understanding from another 
point of view, and that's what Joe is supplying. And one thing we, we uh, were talking about healing things such as cancer. And last night we had a plant-based nutrition person on, and Joe here is also a plant-based nutrition person. Last night's plant-based nutrition person named Joel Furman said, and you may remember, or you may not, there's something disturbing for Kit Kat bar lovers, that sugar is an angiogenic thing, which means it generates blood supply, which feeds tumors. All right? Now, uh, Joe disagrees with that. And Joe gave me a super complicated version, but hopefully you can distill it so I can understand it better and they can understand it at all. Okay, just a couple of quick notes. Okay. Sugar. So we need to differentiate processed sugar from okay. plant-based sugar. Good. Okay, so processed sugar, processed sugar is basically a poison. It treats the body uh, aggressively and it creates inflammation. It's just an overdose. Natural sugar from plant-based uh, foods, such as sugar, such as fruits and vegetables, fruits and vegetables are basically made up of sugar, which supplies our body with energy. In terms of sugar, the natural sugar creating angiogenesis. Yes, that is correct. I agree with that. But the premise is, the question is, why is it creating a blood supply to an area? So the basic premise is that it is the sugar is the problem and that angiogenesis is also a problem. Angiogenesis means creating a blood supply, growing little blood vessels. Yep, basically a nourishment right. uh, source. Okay, go ahead. Which has nutrients and oxygen. So the bottom line is, is the premise has to. The premise of the way he explains it is that we don't want angiogenesis, and we don't want um, too much sugar. So number one is we want plenty of sugar because all of our cells need sugar. We need the good natural kind. The good natural. Because it's molecularly kind. different. Correct. It's not processed. It's not an overdose. Okay. Like like fruit is seventy percent water and a little bit of glucose. It's very simple, and it's actually got lots of fiber. So it's actually very healthy for us. And every cell requires that to generate energy. Processed sugar is like sugar crack. Exactly. Okay. It actually, it has been shown to, to affect the body like heroin. Okay. So, so the other premise is that we don't, we want to inhibit angiogenesis. But the bottom line is, is you have to make a decision on your philosophy of what cancer is. Is cancer an enemy of the body or an actual survival tool and something that is helping us? So this is where I disagree. You say it's a survival tool? It is a survival tool to keep us alive to get through a healing crisis, basically an oxygen deficiency. Cancer is? Yes. Okay. It, um, can you explain that a little bit? That's a tough one, tough one to get. So imagine... imagine I, I'm sort of get it, but do well, it again. Imagine, imagine you have a survival challenge, oxygen. You need some oxygen. You get this tumor, which is a bigger thing, and it brings oxygen in. Right. To the area. So if you think in terms of the body, if you stop breathing, you're not going to last very right. long. Okay. So in, think of that in terms of inside of the body. If you don't have enough oxygen for a long amount of time, the area will become oxygen deficient. I see. So you need more blood flow to bring oxygen in, and tumor will bring that because it has a lot of blood flow. Right. But the, the core thing is that inside of the body, if there is a lack of oxygen, cancer, normal cells transform into cancer cells. It's not through a mutation and through a crazy... Survival situation. mechanism. It is a mechanism because if you don't have enough oxygen, 
Oxygen is one of the elements to create energy. Oxygen and glucose burn, and they create energy. It's called ATP. Okay. So you need those two elements to survive. Seems like a flawed survival tool. It's a flawed survival tool, but... Because it doesn't go away after the... Because it kills us. But the body has plan B. Basically, the body has an alternative method of generating energy. So if there is a lack of oxygen, the body produces something that can make more energy with more glucose as opposed to oxygen. So when a, when the cell hits the threshold of a, only a 40% amount of oxygen, it does it uses cancer cells because they're efficient in that plan B. So the, there are two ways to make energy, a regular cell and a cancer cell. So in order to generate more energy with glucose, the cell has more glucose receptors. It seems strange, though, evolutionarily, things survive that are beneficial to yeah. a species. And that method of survival, a survival mechanism, a tumor that will end up killing you, seems like a counterproductive evolutionarily. But the premise is that you're thinking that the tumor will kill us. The tumor, yes. The, that's not always the, pre okay. the, the premise. The premise, the, the way to think about it is just like you have a liver and a kidney and they do work, a cancer tumor is doing work. It is allowing the area to have energy in a desperate situation. So the body has a choice. Make no energy and die or make some energy and continue and hopefully get through the crisis and hopefully the body will eventually have enough oxygen to reverse the situation because... And kill the tumor? The tumor will go away. And if you think of it in terms of logic, there are two types of cancer. And which brings us to the how you heal cancer is give it, give it oxygen. Period. Okay. That's a good place to stop because we're burning, burning time. But that was well done. Now, uh, and you sort of worked uh, nutrition in there as well. What else do I have here for you? Oh, for the Tongren treatments. Treatments. It's the sending of energy by a, a collective to a person, to a spot, to get oxygen to it or, or something. Does the person, the patient, need to know that this is being done to them? Are they, do they need to be conscious participants in this process or not? Out of respect, we ask permission to treat someone. To answer your question directly, the answer is no. But ideally, we give respect because we don't want to basically do a treatment on someone. But sometimes if someone is in a coma, we ask a family member if, if it's okay if we work on them in, in the hospital. So, for example, if they're unconscious. And then we would do it that way. The other thing to think about is we work on animals. Animals have no conscious uh, acceptance or anything like that. And I myself work on animals as well all over the world. So to answer your question directly, do we need permission or do we need to have a, that connection what I do, for example, if we don't explicitly have that connection, I get a picture of someone. Because I believe in our consciousness, we, we can make that connection. Okay. It's time for a break, and we'll do one more segment with Joe Lucier on this very seriously detailed and interesting uh, topic. It's WBZ. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. 
Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. More with Joe Lucier on health and healing. And we were a couple things. Plant-based nutrition. And last night, there may be something that needs to be addressed. Our guest last night was gung-ho on nuts. Said not only do you eat nuts as snacks, but eat them as part of your meal. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Like, you know, one of your basic groups. And Joe here says, you know what? I don't agree with that. And Joe is also a person who studied uh, plant-based nutrition a lot. Can you explain why? You uh, in what way and why you disagree? From from my own personal experience, eating too many nuts in the diet can create inflammation, and eating too many diets, too many nuts in the diet can create a situation where you might even feed viruses. So the bottom line is everything in moderation. That's the right way to go. And there is a school of thought, the school of thought of natural hygiene, where you should eat eight, you know, 10 to 20% protein, 10 to 20% fats, and the rest would be in healthy carbohydrates because what we talked about before, that's our source of energy. So when you get over those amounts, too much protein can create inflammation. Too much protein has been proven by an 800 million uh, demographic study, the China study, too, also caused ca- cancer, can be like a cancer switch. And then basically, too many nuts, too many en- of anything is, is difficult. So it's better to get your foods sources from greens, maybe even seeds. You can get plenty of protein from you know a vegan, a vegetarian diet, and you don't need to eat too many nuts. I, I disagree with that because okay. I personally had a problem. I had inflammation. I was having difficulty walking, and I analyzed my diet. I was eating 40 to 45% fats, from nuts, when I put it back to 10 to 20%, all of my symptoms went away. See, that makes me nervous about micromanaging nutrition. <laughs> there are folks that will micromanage it, and it's, it seems like just eat healthy is, is the thing to do. What is healthy, of course? I guess if you're going to take a middle-of-the-road position, you could simply reduce animal products a lot. That would be a great step. Yes. Now, you, you started to talk about reasons that animal proteins are not as good for you as plant-based proteins. One is their their pH. Yes, the animal proteins are acidic. If you're more acidic, you have less voltage in the body, you have less oxygen in the body, you have more inflammation. That's just the math. And plant-based nutrition is known to be alkaline. That is a, stra- that is a cancer healing strategy as well. Plant-based nutrition, like greens and vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds, is very alkaline, which means it generates more oxygen in the body it allows you to have less inflammation. Inflammation is also an oxygen impediment as well in the body. So it's basically acid and alkaline balancing. So seeds, the same warning on seeds as nuts? I would say not because it's not as much of a concentrated fat and it's actually easier to manage for the body. But one one trick that everybody should do if they're eating nuts and seeds is to sprout them because they become pre-digested and more bioavailable. Sprout them? Soak them and sprout them. them Seeds, Seeds will sprout if you soak them? You soak them overnight, and then you basically rinse them for three days. They're going to start to grow into a tree. I didn't know that. They're seeds. They grow into it, whatever they were, you know, it became. So like a seed for a sesame, sesame seed or different uh, legumes, eventually they'll grow into a full plant. But if you just grow them for a few days, sprout them, they are pre-digested. They break down protein into amino acids, fats into fatty acids, and car- complex carbs into simple sugars. What are good nuts? I mean, what are your favorite nuts? Recommended yeah. nuts. Brazil nuts, uh, almonds are good, but I, I like Brazil nuts better. 
almonds are okay, uh, different kinds, macadamia nuts. Is it okay to get it through butter, like almond butter, or it not is. as good? It, it, it is Just okay. Just as good? But ideally, everything you have would be whole, unprocessed. Okay. So it depends how much it's processed, how much it's heated. So what's the balance of you know, using meats, seeds, et cetera? Can you just give us some guidelines? Because while the pyramid is, of course, wrong, at least it is a visual thing, can you, can you give me a visual thing on how to do some simple visual plan for me and everybody else? I would, I would make about 80% of your diet fresh vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds, but especially fresh vegetables and fruits. And you can really eat all you want, and you will naturally lose your weight Anybody's weight, they have... And the other remaining 20%? Proteins and fats. Proteins meaning meat proteins? Uh, No, I would say ideally legumes, beans, a little bit of nuts and seeds. But ideally legumes and uh, beans would be a greater source. So what's legume? I thought a legume was a bean. A legume is a type of bean, yeah. Okay, what's the difference between the bean and the legume kind of bean? I think legume is actually a term for all beans. Okay. Yeah. And good, let's, you know, uh, let's talk, we have short time here. You've written some other books. One is about avocados, Avocado Joy, from the Aztecs to the Super Bowl. Avocados are super good for you? Avocados are super, that's a source of protein. It's a great source of protein. It's a great source of, uh, great source of fats and vitamins, minerals, potassium. It's actually got more potassium than a banana. It's actually just a great food, and the book evolved through when I studied in uh, three, for three months in a uh, in a raw food uh, healing center in Arizona. I met some other people that were raw food chefs, and that's what I was studying to do at the time. And we wrote this book, and it sort of evolved into a full book after many years. And the dairy contrarian: cow's milk is for baby cows. I always thought it was weird that we drank the milk of another species. You don't see that much in the wild kingdom. Yes, I think. Uh, I forget, but I think we're the only ones that do it. The bottom line is is our body is not really built to drink the milk from cows. Well, you know, cows have four stomachs. We have one stomach. There's a key difference right there. The proteins are big. It's not good for babies. They are, and in general, the, it creates inflammation. It creates mucus. And a lot of times it's accompanied by the in- industrial hormones, yeah. pesticides, and different things like that. It's just actually a foreign substance in our body. And people in Asia actually are lactose intolerant in general. And the other thing about a dairy is, in Asia there is, because they don't drink much milk, they don't have much osteoporosis. In fact, they have like no osteoporosis. Dairy interferes with your calcium balances and creates osteoporosis. If you had to eat the cuisine of one place, what would it be? My, uh, I Japanese? Love, uh, you know, I like Indian. If I had to pick one, I like Indian because of the spices and the flavorings and different like that. I like all the different kinds of foods, but I think Indian was one of my favorites in terms of the spices. Is that the got, does that have the, the balance of you know, the health factor that you need? It, it, in many ways it does because all of the spices are actually medicines like the cum, you know, the, uh, the turmerics and the different types of herbs and spices and gin that they use in their food. They're actually healing as well, as well as being very tasty. The Truth About Depression is another book. What is The Truth About Depression? The truth about depression is basically that if, you, if you're well hydrated and if you have a strong immune system in your gut and different things, you can actually counter depression. But the key factor is depression is you should focus on the gut and not the brain. So giving medications for the brain 
is not really focusing on the problem because, for example, 90 to 95% of our serotonin is actually generated in the gut. Most of our brain hormones are actually originated in the gut. So if you enhance the benefit, the healthfulness of your microbiome or your gut or your stomach area, then you can actually reduce depression in a natural way. And leaky gut, is that a big problem? Leaky gut is a really big problem. Basically, leaky gut is where your, your, your intestines are swelling. And then they, the things get through the intestine wall, and then they go into the body, and then they poison the body. They sort of osmose their way out. Exactly. So the key is to reduce inflammation and to heal the gut through different foods, even like aloe veras and cucumbers. Well, and just everything. eating a plant-based diet heal it? Yes, because it's anti-inflammatory. Okay. Is white red wine bad for your gut? <laughs> is red wine bad for I don't want to drink I don't want to live a life without booze. <laughs> <laughs> so everything in moderation of course. Okay. Uh so the thing is to to really look at your source because it may have lead in it and different things like that depending upon how it's processed. But if it doesn't, red wine bad for you? Come on, but, it's very cave times they had that wine, right? It's got to we have didn't we evolve to thrive on wine? Well, we may have evolved to thrive on fermented foods, okay. which are healthy, like sauerkrauts and different things like that. Now, the difference between a fermented food like sauerkraut and, say, a wine, a wine has alcohol, and the alcohol can negatively impact your liver. Yeah, but what about the leaky gut? What about the leaky Does gut? It, is a alcohol a contributor to leaky gut? Uh, that's a really Does good, it make your gut leaky? It's a really good question, because if you go to the core, the systemic part of the body, the liver is supposed to help you to release toxins. If you're starting to get inflammation and overwhelmed by toxins, everything starts to slow down, and then you can't process things normally. Okay. When, when you can't process them normally, it'll even hit the gut. You're a very interesting guy. How do people get in touch with you to really speak with you at length on any of these things? Uh, I actually set up uh, a place people, if they go to my website, there's a free 15-minute consult. Um, it's on Anusara Wellness, A-N-U-S-A-R-A Wellness. Anu, A-N-U. Sara, S-A-R-A, Anusara. Wellness.com. Or they can come by this Sunday. There's actually an open house at our clinic, December 14, from 9 that? to 3. That's at 605 Hancock Street in Quincy in Wollaston. And we actually have an open house where I'll be there talking. Is all this information at the Anusara website? It's at the HealingTreeYoga.com website. Uh-oh, HealingTreeYoga.com. We didn't even get to yoga and how that's a help. Y yoga is amazing. And the other thing, just as people, if they want to know more about what I do, I'm teaching a workshop and how to do the massage therapy. I've taught it all over the world, even with Tom Tam in Singapore, taught it in Greece, all over the United States. That's at the Healing Tree Yoga place. If there's one place they can burn into their brain and find everything they need to know, it'd be, is there two places? HealingTreeYoga.com? That is for, that's where I work. Okay. But they, they, they should first go to AnusaraWellness.com. Anusara, A-N-U-S-A-R-A. Wellness.com. Sign up for my free 15-minute okay. talk, and then I can explain then, then everything. You can tell them the rest of the stuff they need to know. All the rest of the stuff, because I'm also starting cleansing programs, because one of the core things is, how do you enable more oxygen in the body? You remove toxins. Okay. Simple math. Thank you. Thanks for all, your, you know, all the study you've done, and thanks for your uh, ability to explain it, and even the really detailed stuff. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.